Um, this class is called Tough Topics, and what that means is that um, there's topics in the world you really just don't want to bring up. <laughs> we're bringing them up. <laughs> uh, and the reason why we're bringing them up is because um, as we live in this world, as we live in this culture, as we live in a sexual um, um, mess where the churches are being swept away, people are being swept away, um, it's, there's no, I mean, we understand it because there's sin, but as we're living in this world, we need to know um, what the Bible speaks into almost into everything. We need to know what the Bible says. And uh, that's what this class is, is the tough topics that are on our mind, that are not being talked about in a church setting. We're trying to bring them up, talk about them in a church setting. So um, with doing this, I will tell you that there can be um, uh, potential for frustration, because we're bringing up topics that go, oh, I can't believe that topic was just said <laughs> in a church. Or I can't believe, what does Mike think about that? And oh, he thinks about this. I don't even like him anymore. I will never go to that church again because of that. Um, so there is, you know, there is a possibility that this could take place in this. But I want to say it's, that's the opposite of my goal. Um, my, the goal between this whole class is, is to know what does the Bible say? Now, as we bring the Bible up, there might not be an answer that you really like. Um, it might be like, well, I just I don't know if I can feel this. I don't know if I can do this. But the goal in looking at the answer is to say, okay, what does the Bible say? Let me leave and chew on it, even if I disagree with it. Now, um, I am uh, a sinful individual that's been saved by grace. So as I'm trying to look at what the Bible says, you might disagree with me. Praise God. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Please disagree with me. That's not the goal of the class to say, this is the way it is. And uh, the reason why I say that's not the way it is, I just want people to think. I want people to research more. I want people to know more. I want people to, to go after the topic from a biblical perspective. Last week I made a, a radical, no, two weeks ago I made a radical statement. I, I said, do not be liberal. Do not be conservative be biblical. And some people say, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Even with conservative, isn't conservative um, biblical? Well, what does conservative mean? If I asked George what conservative mean, he would have a different answer than if I asked Jeremiah what conservative mean. So what happens when we get conservative, we, we define all these, these issues of what it is, and that's why it's the only reason is to point it back exactly to where the Bible is and say, okay, what does the Bible say in regards to everything rather than being liberal, be conservative, because they don't all you know, necessarily match up. But just one example that you know, the conserv- people in the conservative world is some people um, would walk through and say the definition of conservative is that people around here should have no sin. And when I walk into church, I see nothing but sin, and it disgusts me. Because people are sinful. That's wrong. <laughs> Everybody in church sins. We know that. But see, we can't define conservative that way. That's why it's always like, let's be biblical. Try to understand what the Bible says as we work on these difficult, difficult, very difficult subjects. And as you can see, we're working on a subject um, that is very difficult. Immigration. Um, I was going to do um, walk into the marriage, you know, pieces of it. But on the card, somebody put down, you should talk about immigration. 
if I find out who put that down, um, I'm going to go after them because they want me fired. <laughs> to even bring up the, the subject and the conversation, you know, um, even bring up the subject, you know, to, in church. But I'm not going to, when you look at the Bible, I'm not going to say this is the answer because there isn't really answers. What we want to do more, in a sense, is try to just bring a, a peace, you know, in the process of doing it as we look at biblical scripture. And what's interesting is through this study, um, I was just uh, amazed on how much Scripture talks about immigration, how much Scripture talks about, about, um, about immigrants. And so we're just going to walk, uh, walk through that. But before we do, um, there's always this, this elephant in the room, and I want you to know me more than, um, than anything. If I'm going to preach the Word, I want you to know my heart, because what happens is that people start defining my heart in regards of Mike stands on this side, or Mike stands on this side, what's going on this side. So if I'm preaching the word, um, it is not easy. Um, And there's a reason why it's not easy, is because if I make a statement, I'm talking to a hundred different people in this room, well, you guys are all coming from different backgrounds. So if I make a statement... I'm talking on a plane of 100 people. Now, we can do that with the Word of God. But as soon as I stop reading the Word and start talking, that's when it kind of gets scary. <laughs> so as I read the Word and start talking um, to 100 people coming from different areas, I really have to watch out um, on what I say. So let me give you an example of what's going on in the world, what I believe is going on in the world, and I, why I stand in a, a tough position. I'm going to go against everything that I said I was not going to do, and I'm going to do it right now, um, because this is, we're talking about, you know, politics when it comes to immigration. If you use the word politics, um, president comes up, and when president comes up, you, in the back of your mind, think of, well, what does Mike think? <laughs> Who did Mike vote for? What's going on? Because I'm going to be unfolding the word of God, which two weeks ago, I, hopefully you guys saw the Word of God unfolded in regards to government, that God puts the government in. But as I talk, there's still this elephant in the room of, you know, um, what about Trump? You know, what should we, how should we react? What should we do? I just want to explain to you um, the difficulties that I have up here as a person, even talking about government at all, and the difficulties I have. So if I said the word, and, and I will say the word that... Um, that I voted for, for Trump. I just want to tell you that. I, I'm just telling you, me, me, my heart. I voted for Trump. So this half of the room goes, yes, the abortion issue is, um, uh, is, is a huge deal. And praise God that he has it on the top of his mind that it is an issue and it should not longer be taking place. But then there's a group over here that are thinking, wait a second, I'm an immigrant. Um, Trump being in the, in, the, in the position he is and wanting to send me back home, and, and here I am. This person gets happy when I say I voted for Trump. But this person gets, ah, scared, gets put down. I can say, you know, I voted for Trump, and I'm excited. this group over here gets happy. It's like, uh, the Supreme Court nominee is more of a conservative. You've got a, a happy group. But then there could be ladies over here that just like, ah, do you see my, 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 um, my position as a pastor? When you throw something out, <laughs> there almost has to be, well, let me defend myself. Um, let me tell you how I think about every single president. I'm just telling you my heart, how I think of every single president. 
is that um, every president makes me look forward to the government of Christ in the end of the day. Because what I can do is I can shout it out, I voted for Jesus. And everybody in the room would say, hallelujah. Um, So when we are talking about government, do you see that the tension and the friction that if you say something about government, half the room will go yes, half the room will go no, but where does it point you? It points me right to Jesus and say, one day there's going to be a perfect king, a perfect Lord, a perfect God that will tweet beautiful things. <laughs> Sorry, just <laughs> that will do beautiful. I mean, all these things. So just those are those are what's taking place. So the reason why I want to bring that out is because um, government will always come up, you know, um, in our mind. And the only goal of this class is to push you to Jesus and try to see what God is saying in his word in the process of things that are taking place out there. So what we're going to do is we're just going to feast on the word um, in regards to immigration. There is a divide in the church. There's a divide in the in the, um, the country, there's, there's a divide, you know, everywhere in regards to this, um, this topic, immigration. And it's really hard for me to even say the word because people could be like going, oh, I, I don't like this. But let's just look at it. And if you disagree with me, that's okay. That's completely okay. We just want to read passages to see what is taken, what is taking place. Number one in our notes as we walk through, God designed the world with nations in mind, we never forget the passage, and it will be read twice, that God puts the government in. And the government makes decisions with nations in mind. And uh, so we see that in regards to the nation um, of Israel. Genesis ten thirty two. These are the families of the sons of Noah, according to their genealogies, by their nations. And out of these nations were separated on the earth after the flood. This is after Noah. What do we have? He is dividing them into nations. Now, what does a nation look like? A nation has a government. A nation has a constitution. A nation, not all nations, they have a government. We'll just put it that way. Somebody in charge. Sometimes it's a monarch. Sometimes it's not a monarch. You know, but there is nations that's being split. So as there's nations being split, we have to ask the question, well, whose plan is that? Is that us? that has designed that? Is that us that has built that? It's not. It's, it's, it's God's idea um, of putting those, um, putting those together. So we see it right at the beginning, and then we get to see it all the way through Scripture. So we see it at the beginning, and what's really interesting is there is so many verses, we're going to go over them, of God, how to treat people that are not, you know, that are not um, specifically, you know, in, 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 your, in your nation. Um, I also want to bring up, you know, when it comes to Israel, um, Israel um, was a nation. And when they were a nation, uh, when they're falling apart, they sometimes had to do some different things. When they're falling apart, look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah left and went to build a city, walls, because Jerusalem was falling apart. And it was a time of 
difficult, a time of war, to try to get the, the walls up, to try to get the nation uh, put, back, put back together in those things. So that is what took place because of the things that were, were happening in regards to Israel. All the way through, you see Israel as a nation going into captivity, not going to captivity. The laws are working, the laws are not working. Eighty-four times the city of Israel has completely been taken over by another country, has been conquered. That's like United States. 84 times? Are you serious? That's huge in a sense of that one city has had a completely different government 84 times in its existence. So nations are built in the Bible, and I just want to put every that in everybody's mind. That nations are built in the Bible. It's not a man thing that is created, and it's not a wrong thing. It is what God's created, and God has put government over nations. Um, number two, the Bible tells us to be nice to immigrants, to people that aren't, are not on our nations. Um, it just it says that. It says it in Deuteronomy 27, 19. Look at this verse. Cursed is he who distorts the justice due an alien. Now the Bible is going to use alien um, a lot. An alien is somebody that's not from this area. Um, but be nice to an alien, orphan, and widow. And all the people shall say Amen. This is what the church is supposed to do. It's supposed to be, according to this, the interesting word, kind of an immature word, but it's nice. And it is a word that the Bible uses. Exodus 22. Do not mistreat an alien or oppress him, for you are aliens in Egypt. Don't forget that you were aliens one time before, and now if somebody else is here, according to these passages, it says, be nice. So just put that in the back of your head. We're going to go through this kind of rather quickly because we'll want discussion on it as well. Uh, number three, great things can happen. I'm not giving you guys my opinion. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I have all these verses that I put down, and as I read all these verses I put down regards to the immigrants, I'm saying, well, what does the verse say? Let's look at the next one. Great things can happen from immigrants. That's, why did I put that down? I put down because we see an example in Deuteronomy that takes place, 26.5. You shall answer and say before the Lord, your God, my Father, was a wandering Armenian, and he went down to Egypt and sojourned there, few in number, but there he became a great and mighty and populous nation. The reason why I put that verse down there is because there is an individual that came that was prosperous in another nation. Great things can happen from people walking in. I'm not trying to make any statements where we're at now. I'm just saying great things can happen by this because this is what the verse is. Number four, um, don't mistreat or use um, immigrants. That's directly, um, directly from the Bible. Uh, Deuteronomy 24, 14. Do not take advantage of hired man who is poor and needy, whether he is a brother Israelite or an alien living in one of your own towns. God is the one that put the nations in place. God is telling us how to work with people. I do want to tell you where we're going to go before I read this next verse. Where we are going to go is I'm going to do two different sermons. I'm going to do a sermon in Mexico to um, Hispanic people, and then I'll do a sermon to you guys. Just to let you know, this is where we go right now. We're feasting off these scriptures. And off the scriptures, it says, do not mistreat or use, according to this Bible, um, uh, um, an immigrant. Leave, uh, uh, Leviticus 19.33. When an alien lives with you in your land, do not mistreat him. The alien living with you must be treated as one of your native-born. Love him as yourself, for you were aliens in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. 
More scripture. Number five, love and do not oppress the immigrants. Not oppress a native. Getting it directly from the Bible. Zechariah 7, 9. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. In your hearts, do not think evil of each other. Now what's interesting is that we could st- he could have stopped at this verse and says, do not oppress one another. And as a church, the whole would say, we cannot oppress one another. But then scripture gets very, very specific because it's the people that we might attend to, oppre- uh, to oppress. So he mentions widows, fatherless, alien, and poor. Those are the people that we oppress more than anybody else. And what does scripture say? It says, don't do it. Deuteronomy 10, 18, he defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the alien, giving him food and clothing. And you are to love those who love aliens, for you yourselves were aliens in Egypt. So looking at those verses, those verses are what's got to be in our heart. Those verses are what's got to be in our mind. Those verses have got to be in our behavior. Those verses have to be in our, our, our actions. Why? Because they're word of God that are not out of date. It's not a historical thing that's took place way back then. These are word of God that we can look at right now and think America, me, Mike, Dadera should be responding this way. And this is where I want to get my heart completely connected with. But in regards to other things to talk about in regards to immigration, it's going to go a different direction. Number six, the Bible says that our government is God's servant. Um, That's what the Bible says. We're specifically reading the Bible and trying to understand this concept, you know, of immigration. Don't worry, we're going to give two sermons here in a little bit. We're just laying down scripture right now as we're working through this. Um, What does that mean? Our government, our servants of God, if you don't know what that means in its entirety, I encourage you to go to the internet and look at my sermon that I I gave two weeks ago. I just went through that whole thing. God puts the government in place, and God uses the government the way that he wants to use the government. That's just God's in control. The government is not. So it goes completely into that. But as an American or as somebody from Mexico, we have to think about that, or not even somebody from Mexico, but somebody from all the different cultures, we, countries, we have to think about that. Romans 13, 1 through 7, there's no way out when we start talking about government. Everyone, that's everybody, must submit himself to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except God that which God has established. I put the government in place for a reason, and everybody submits to those authorities. The authority that exists have been established by who? By God. He's the one that has established it in regards to the nations. Now, well, I'll get to it, but that makes me relax a little bit. (laughs) The reason why it makes me relax a little bit is that I'm not in control I can hang on to the Bible, and if the government is not going against the Bible, you know, in regards to those things, then I, I can relax. I'm not the one that's in control. These authorities have been placed by God, and I'm supposed to submit to the authorities. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against God, against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong... 
Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will command you, commend you. For he is God's servant to you. you. For he is God's servant to you. God's servant to do you good. I'm sorry, I'm thinking backwards. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. God has put this government in place. This government is our servants. That government is there for good. That government is there for a nation. That government is there, and if you're the government, you have to make you have to make decisions according to that verse. Another thing I just wanted to throw out there, we're just throwing out scripture. Uh, the Bible says to believers, never forget you are an immigrant. I'm just throwing a whole bunch of things out there before the sermons are given. In the back of our mind when we live in America, never forget you are an immigrant. You are a Christian before you're an American. You are an heir of a child of God before you're an American. Our hearts can be, I am American, and put God second. It's not the case. This is not your home. We are all looking forward to the everlasting home in heaven, and this will all come together as we give the sermons. Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven. I might be a citizen of ship of the United States, have, a, you know, have that, but my citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ is our government. Hebrews 11.13, all these died in faith without receiving the promises, having, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on earth. These are the prophets that were torn into. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. This is not the country that they are seeking. Yes, they work in this country, America, but they are seeking, and this is not in America, but for me, I work in America, but my work in America is seeking a country of my own, which is a heavenly kingdom that is God. So I'm just here for a short ride. This is not my home. This is not my establishment. And when we think of the topic of immigrants, immigration, we should be thinking, Christians should be thinking, church should be thinking, that, well, this is not our home. That should be in the back of our mind. All right, so here we go. Those are verses. Um, it's not all the verses that talk about immigrants and how to respond to them and how to do them, but they're verses that, um, that carry the most strength in regards to immigrants. I just want you to know I've looked at all of them, <laughs> although they try to find out what, what it says. But now I'm gonna, um, we'll give two sermons. I want you to feed off those verses because we'll definitely be bringing them up. Two sermons, um, um, one to, in Mexico to the Hispanic um, people. So pretend like I was not here. Pretend like I was there. And there were people in the congregation, and I needed to, t- to talk to them. Um, what kind of sermon would, would, would I give? What kind of statement would I give? Um, would I pull out verses to say, you know, well, look at this. They have to be nice to you if you go over there. You know, just those kind of things. What would I do in regards to um, preaching um, a sermon there? Um, this is what I would say to them, and then don't worry, I'm going to say something else to America. If I'm not very, well, anyway, we'll just move on. Number eight, every developed country, this is a point I'd make, every developed country in the world has immigration laws. Some are more strict and some are less. 
I would let them know that the government was put in by God. The nations were put in as established um, by God. And there is not a single nation in this world that does not have ordinances of, of we are um, in, in charge of this, uh, in charge of this nation. There is a structure that takes place. That structure is healthy. The reason why that structure is healthy is because taxes are paid. Everything is, is, is being done there. So we don't want to say anybody is doing wrong when we look at a nation. Say you put up you know, barriers in regards to building a nation. Because I do not think that that's biblical. As we're looking at it biblical. So I'd explain to him. I'd just say there's, every country is developed. Immigrate. Um, and some are more strict um, than others. Next thing I would talk about is um, it is rebellion against God to enter into another country um, illegally. It's just, it's not, it's not legal. Um, very clear in Scripture, Romans 13, uh, 1 through 7, uh, would be a, a verse that I would preach. Everyone must submit themselves, not only to my governing authorities, but when I go to Africa, I need to submit to their governing authorities as long as it's not breaking the law of God. Um, I need to submit to the other governing authorities depending on where, on, where, on where I'm at. Everyone must submit to governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authority that exists have been established by God. There's strong, strong sermons in there for people that are thinking about going into to other countries. And I don't want to read all of it because we've all read it right at once. That's where the meat is, is that we have to abide by God's law and God's standard. And to not abide by it um, is, is actually rebellion against, against, against God. Remember, this sermon is in Mexico. It is not in, it is not in America. Um, what we like to do often is that um, we like to pull passages out of the Bible that stand on our behalf. So in other words, um, wives, submit to your husbands. That's a verse that um, I should never bring up. And the reason why I should never bring up to my wife is because it's not a verse for me. My verse is, husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. Oh, that's too big. It's easier just to focus on her and tell her to submit. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for it is right. My children are young. Yes, I discipline them. But it's not the verse I used before I disciplined them. I just want you to know, you obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Bend over and let's get a spanking. It's not, not a verse that I use. The reason why that verse isn't written to me if I'm the father, the verse is written to my children, and I'm supposed to teach that and, and harvest that. But what we like to do is we like to use verses that are on our behalf and benefit us when a lot of those verses are not written to us the time that we want it to, to benefit us. So in America, to throw up, or throw up, to bring up, you know, I am going to tell you what for everyone must submit to it and you're not submitting to it. Those are not the verses for us. It's the verses for them. The verses for us are what? Love, commitment. And we got all those verses that were found. Number 10, Scripture does not teach that you can do a wrong to get a right. This would be a, what I would say 
two people um, that are, um, say, in Mexico that are trying to come across the border. And I'm using Mexico, but it's really, it's really um, everywhere um, in, in those senses. That Scripture doesn't teach that I can do a wrong, I can break a law, and if I break the law, somehow something beautiful is going to come out of it. Something harvest, something great is going to come out of it. We have to look at, say, no, I make decisions, my decisions to follow the Bible, the Bible only, God only, and whatever that is, I will sense that I'll be more blessed as a result. There needs to be powerfully strong believers in the country of Mexico, ministering to the gospel. Now, we can look at the concept of they're kind of trying to find a better life. How do I say this? As we looked at that sermon, I'm sorry, I got so much information. I want to point you to that sermon. Keep going, going back. God is not interested in you living, uh, being in a better life. He's more interested in us living a holy life. A better life often turns us away from God and his mission. And sometimes difficulties come our way for the purpose to be holy and shine in a dark place rather than trying to find the American dream, which would be comfort, protection, and all of those things. I think America is more at risk of losing everything when they stand before the judgment of Christ than China is, because China is willing to lose everything right now as they are persecuted for the gospel of the living Christ. But if persecution comes our way, it's like, whoa, 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 we're America. You know, don't, don't, don't touch us. Um, the gr- church grew the fastest when they were persecuted. And we'd preach very strong in, 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 in Mexico that there are people right around you that are being persecuted, that need Christ, their Savior. Stand strong specifically for them and give the Bible to them. Running from it, this could even be leaving where God wants you to be. So that's a direction that I would go as well with them. So it's a tough direction because what did I say? I said, don't try to find a better life by breaking the law. Stay away. I, I just literally said, if it's breaking the law, stay away from the United States. God doesn't want you there if that is the case. Now I'm looking at sermons to America. And this is just to get us to think. So this would be sermons, uh, sermons to us. And, um, and I'll tell you, they're, they're going to be rough. But all they're going to do is we just want to think. Because as we talk about this topic... Our heart comes up, and we want to know what our heart says. And we often don't want to know what our heart says. (laughs) So these questions are in regards to what our heart's coming up and what our hearts are saying. Uh, Number one, how much power do you have over the immigration laws? This is just setting up. How much power do you have over the immigration laws? Um, You have a voice. uh, You have an opinion. And you can let that opinion be heard, and you can let that voice be heard. If the immigration laws are dividing families, splitting families, if the um, immigration laws are, and I'm going to let Richard Stevens talk in here in a second, if the immigration laws are brutal, you know, to people at the border, we have a voice, we have an opinion, and, and we, we can let that voice be heard. Like, this is not right. This, we've got a law. We've got to be committed. We've got to, what should we do? Those things, that is all, that's all you have. It's not your decision to make the law, I'm sorry, I just, I, it's just not mine, 
and it's not our decisions to enforce the law. God says, I'm going to give that to government. I just sit back, and I can say, okay, what is my power that I have in regards to immigration? I have power of prayer. I have a power of love. I have power to share my voice with, oh, I don't think this is right. We should be praying hard for this. That is the extent um, that I have. So thinking of that, let's go to number two. How much emotion do you have over the immigration laws? Now, nobody's going to read your mind um, as we think here and as we talk, but how much emotion do you have when it comes to immigration laws? Do you have a high intensity of emotion? Do you have a low intensity of emotion? Just ask the question, what kind of emotion do you have? Um, the next question, where does your emotion come from? So when we use the word immigration laws and, and those things, emotion comes to the surface. When emotion comes to the surface, why do we have it and where does it come from? Let me just give you examples of what I'm talking about. Is that our heart can have a quiet greed and you can never recognize it. And I'm not giving, saying that anybody does or anything like this. It's just our hearts can carry a greed. And sometimes when something is threatened, um, sins start coming up. And emotions start coming up. Emotions as, this is my land. This is my nation. This is not theirs. And the emotions can get really, really strong in regards to that. That would be, that would be sin. Um, and that's what you want to look at when you think about the immigration. What kind of emotions are coming up, and why are they coming up? Could be greed. It could be different emotions. We need to open our borders completely. The reason why we need to open our borders completely is because I am a, a farmer, and I need help, and they are exceptional help. Is that... Um, a motivation that is coming up that is incorrect. I would say that is a motivation that is coming up that is incorrect because you're not looking at people. You're looking at what can I do to get from somebody else? So you just saw two examples. You're trying to keep people out and you can sin. Or you look at an example, you want people in and you could be sinning as well. So when it comes to immigration and immigration laws, watch what is coming up and identify it and say, why do I feel like this? Never forget the concept. This is not our home. We might say, I don't want to live in a nation where there's two different languages that are being speak, that are speaking. I don't want to live in a nation for this. Find out why it's um, coming up. And um, whenever we think about, whenever we think about that. Uh, number four, I would, I would go on and say, legal compassion for immigrants um, is biblical as we have seen before, that as a church and as people, we need to have that um, compassion um, for them. Now, I put down legal compassion, and the reason why is because I've been searching and seeking, when are we breaking the law? And I don't have a really clear answer of when we're breaking the law in regards to if we are taking trucks and we're shipping people to America, we're breaking the law. If we are um, harboring it, we're breaking the law. If we're trying to hire people and put it underneath the carpet, we're breaking the law. That's why it's legal compassion for immigrants 
is, is completely biblical. There has to be a love for them, but it has to be a legal love as you're carrying both, carrying both of these sides. Exodus 22, do not mistreat an alien or oppress him, for you were aliens um, in Egypt against Scripture. Le- Leviticus 19, when an alien lives with you in your land, do not mistreat him. The alien living with you must be treated as one of your native Born, love him as yourself, for you were aliens in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. There has to be a legal, but there has to be a compassion. Because the church of God is a church for people. Church for God is a church that loves every single person that is out there. Again, the sermon that I talked about today is there is no racial discrimination whatsoever. There's nothing but extreme love that should come out. And then number five, if you are a believer, um, never forget that you are um, an immigrant um, in, this, in this process. These are scripture that we're bringing, us, bringing up for us just to think about when it comes to the law as a believer, as a citizen, as a church member, and for us to just a feast off of. To know, we can't say, "Well, you got to obey the law." That's not our job. Our job is to do nothing but love, care, commit to making sure people around us, just like any American, is not used, but is treated for um, for um, is treated just like um, everybody um, else should be treated. I will say that none of that is controversial. I don't think anybody should say, "Well, that is controversial." The reason why is because it's all the Bible that is, is speaking in regards to, um, uh, to the immigration, to, um, the immigration uh, laws that are out there. So um, now I'll, I'll go um, talk a little bit about things that are controversial. <laughs> I'm going to put myself in the category. I didn't put this in notes because I didn't want you guys to write it down. <laughs> Somebody has to make a decision about America's immigration laws. And um, that somebody is our president, which is um, Donald Trump. So we can look at this and just go, oh, everything is good, everything is wonderful. But somebody has to make um, a decision. Um, The arguments are what we think that decision should be. (laughs) That's what the arguments are. So we can all go think about here. Well, this is what the decision um, should be. that's where it's scattered all over the field of what should the decisions um, be. Um, one decision is not more righteous than the other. One decision is not less righteous than the other. But somebody has to make a decision. And that pressure right now would be on Donald Trump. So I just want to play a game here. Um, pretend like I was the president. What would I do <laughs> in regards to this? Now, this is you can do something completely entirely different. Um, than me, and, and everything's right. It's, it's good. And I just want you to know, and I believe this to a fact, I'd be the most lousy president in the world, just to let you know. And the, the reason why is because I, I carry more heart than logistics, so we definitely go broke. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Um, but uh, what would I do if I had to make those decisions? Um, because that's where, the, that's where the, the friction is at. The friction is not on um, whether immigration laws are, are not. It's like, well, what do we do here as a country, and if it was my decision, what wouldn't I do? 
So I'm just going to tell you what I would do. It's not, it's not biblical. If you think different, it's not me and anybody else is all more holier than thou. Like I'm more holy than you are. Um, but I'll just give you um, steps. And I'll tell you they might be wrong steps of um, what I would, would take. Um, the first thing that I would do, and remember I voted for, for President Trump. And, uh, but the first thing I would do is I would point to where the issue is. And that would be the law. We would not be the people that are in the country. Um, our heart is all for is all for the people. Um, I would have an issue with my presidency, and the issue is not anybody going into this country. Just not. The issue is the law. So I would never point anywhere else. I would say, this is the law that is in place. If this law is in place, this is what you are telling me to do because I'm a president of the United States that needs to enforce a law, and as I'm supposed to enforce a law, you tell me to enforce it, you don't tell me to enforce it, there is an issue of the law. Therefore, give me 20, 100, 200 areas that will fix this position. I'm sorry, I give the power away. <laughs> I, I, I would. Because right now, this is where I'm at. We've got to find a solution. And I want some drafts and some explanations that's going to find a solution where we can hold a nation where everybody's paying taxes, where we can hold a nation where people are taken care of, where we can hold a nation that loves each other but yet has protected its borders. And right now the law doesn't do that, and I'm a president, I have to do the law, so therefore let's find the solution without a finger ever being pointing towards a direction that there's any drugs, that that there are people that shouldn't be here or anything like that, just because... The people are not the issue. I believe that the, the, the law would, would be the issue. And then number, you know, number two, you know, I'm just sorry. I'm just more of a lenient kind of guy. <laughs> I'm just, I just am. Um, I'm not saying that he would do anything wrong to do anything else or you would do anything wrong to have anything else. I just, I'm just more lenient towards that one law. I'm not lenient, would not be lenient towards people that are coming in, but that law has to be fixed before it's done and I'd be more lenient to people. And the reason why is because I believe my home's in heaven uh, rather than here. So when it comes to um, um, immigrants, um, there would just be, um, I just, I've worked with them. I, with, you know, the, the people that are from different countries. I love them. I am more passionate about getting into their country than to keeping people out of mine. Um, I get very frustrated because right now um, we have a missionary in India and they're trying to cut her visa and they cut her visa in Mongolia which sent her to East India and I'm like, let her in, let her in, let her in because I want to get the gospel out and I want to go into other countries to get the gospel out. I want to be in Africa, I want to be in India, I want to be in Mexico, I want to go to those areas. So that's where my driving passion would be. I'm not saying that's a righteous passion but it's a passion that I would have to say, oh, I want to get into theirs not necessarily keep people out of mind as, as much. So that's just me, um, just so you guys just know my heart as we're, as we're talking.